2024, it's the end of an old world as we know it to where we're going to be old ladies one day and look back at how it all began. There's also opportunity for success and growth and abundance beyond our wildest dreams. Because if we ride the wave, then we will be provided for. If you're tuned into your highest trajectory, you will be provided for. It's a year eight, and it's the year of the wood dragon. That is all about abundance and creativity and harnessing our own inner knowing and power. So there is amazing opportunity for us all. So we have to get real with ourselves of where we've been holding back. Welcome, beautiful soul, to the Weaving the Wild podcast. In this space, we are reclaiming and remembering the wildish wisdom and knowledge that lies deep within our bones and reconnecting to those parts of ourselves that are both ancient and familiar. We talk about it all, awakening our collective wildness and dropping back into our bodies, honoring our cyclical rhythms, connecting to our roots, embracing our intuitive nature and living embodied within the feminine. I'm Rachel Hodgins and I'm honored to be walking this path beside you. Let's dive in. Britt Johnson is an evolutionary astrologer, womb healer, plant medicine, and birth doula. Her work is to help women map cycles of ancestral trauma and shift patterns into wisdom through intelligent communication, astrology, womb healing, and cycle mapping so they can remember their full potential. Now, when I reached out to Britt to come on the podcast and unpack the astrology of 2024, I knew we would be going deep and we'd be going beyond the surface of just dates and transits. And let me tell you, she does not disappoint. Hold on to your hats, guys, because 2024 is going to be one wild ride with big Big change ready to ruffle your feathers and Brit takes us through it all. In this episode, we talk about why 2024 promises to be such a year of change, disruption and personal and collective revelation and revolution. We talk about the cosmic energies that are carrying us into the year, including Mercury and Jupiter's role in, in January. You'll learn why April 2024 is going to be such an important month on both a personal and collective level, plus what eclipse season will have in store for us. Britt also speaks on several of the massive societal shifts and collective consciousness that she really anticipates us seeing this year. You'll find out what's going down with Pluto, Saturn, Jupiter, Neptune, and so much more, like so, so much more. This is a pretty big episode. There's a lot to unpack within it, so it might be helpful to listen to it a couple of times. Brit has a way of shifting between different levels of conversation and, and consciousness, and you'll find several moments where the conversation seems to have dropped into another layer, another level. I found even as I was editing, I was picking up more threads that she was sort of touching on or alluding to. 
But even upon the initial listen, there is so much juicy goodness to unpack and to integrate. And I think it's going to be really helpful and insightful as we venture into the year. I'm particularly excited for the amount of air element staring within 2024. I'm really interested to witness the shift of Jupiter into Gemini and the North Node in Aries continually playing out, especially around eclipse season. And honestly, that's just scratching the surface truly for 2024. This is quite an organic flow of a conversation. And I love that Brit takes, you know, some of the key transits and cosmic alignments that we'll hear all about from different voices this year um, and expands on them in both mundane material ways and quite esoteric ways. However, if you're also wanting a super tangible breakdown of transits as we're sort of discussing and talking about them through this episode, I would also really suggest checking out Brit's brilliant guide, the 2024 Astrological Transit Guidebook. She's got all the info and and dates that we're talking about in this episode in there, plus so much more. And if you are keen to follow and work with these powerful energies in real time as you move throughout 2024, you can also check out the Cosmic Weavings membership. Inside, you'll get my cosmic energetic breakdown at the start of each month, including new and full moon energies and rituals, seasonal shifts and feminine soul embodiment classes, plus a lot more packed inside. It's a really beautiful, rich space. The Cosmic Weavings membership is a really soft and gentle space, but also a really potent way to start engaging deeper with the energies that are weaving within you and around you and really learning the skills of awareness and embodiment in order to experience deeper expansion and soul alignment. So I will put the links for both Brit's guidebook and the membership in the show notes. As you were listening to this episode, if it is speaking to you, moving or activating something within you, some sort of cosmic yes, please be sure to screenshot and share it. We would love to see who is listening. And also we want to hear what is landing for you as we look ahead to 2024. So shoot us a DM, let us know your top takeaway or your aha moment and definitely make sure you tag us and share the episode. I am at the Rachel Hodgins and Brit is at Venus underscore rising underscore. Again, the links will all be below. And one more quick note. If you enjoy this conversation, my word, you are going to love the epic talk that Brit and I recorded together inside the Wild Woman Trove. Her class is titled Evolutionary Astrology, Karmic Cycles and Radical Soul Realization. And we cover ancestral patterns within your birth chart, archetypal energies, and how we can read our astrologic blueprint for self-insight and ownership. It's one of the most life-altering perspective altering talks within the trove I think so if you are ready to dive even deeper I'm going to pop the link below so that you can access Brit's talk along with over 40 other wise women spanning the breadth and depth of feminine wisdom and I've got to say if you can hear the thunderstorm that is beginning to rage in the background as I record this intro oh it just feels so fitting for what this episode is brimming with, where we are going, a storm's a brewing. It sure is. Okay, let's get into it, lovelies. Let's bring on Britt Johnson. 
Welcome to the show, Britt, and welcome to 2024. Yeah, everybody better strap in because it's going to be exciting. <laughs> oh, I, I cannot wait to dive into this conversation with you. Oh, I, I wonder actually, the first thing that's coming to mind is before we dive in, because we are going, we're going to go pretty deep, I think. We, we, we're going to pull the dates, we're going to pull the transits, and then we're going to, we're going to kind of unpack this all. I'm very excited to see where it takes us. But I wonder, like, just taking like a deep breath, what is the vibe or the feel? overall like what is what is 2024 presenting itself as far as your your wise eyes see I feel like it's really beginning a revolutionary mind-blowing expansive year in our lifetime in humanity to where we're gonna be old ladies one day and look back at how it all began and sped up and so many discoveries and connections. And I mean, in a way of consciousness and groups, humanity, revolution, so revolt. And it has a lot to do with Aquarius that we'll talk about. And then the air signs that will be taking over the sky. So I feel like it's the end of an old world as we know it. And we've sort of been in boot camp since right before 2020, when we really got a jolting critical event happen on the planet. And now we're like getting more solid footing. I've got full goosebumps, like all the way down to my toes as you're speaking. Like, I, I okay. As you're speaking, what I feel is entering into this new year, and I've sort of felt this coming. I think I think a lot of people have had a really interesting experience of 2023 in their own way. It's been like a kind of like a stretchy, scratchy sort of experience, so to speak, where it's like for me the word that has just continually come up, especially in those last six months, the last half year, half of the the year for 2023 was recalibration. It's like it's been in this process of like things shifting and finding a way to slot into place in a new way. Like my internal system is recalibrating and the external world or my external world hasn't yet necessarily reflected that because mm -hmm. it's still fitting into place. And once it's all clicked, then it starts to flow outward. And that's where I felt myself being of a lot of 2023 and a lot of people who I spoke with as well, kind of in their own way, experienced something similar, different flavors for everyone. But as mm -hmm. you're speaking, it's like, now here we are and it's go time almost. It's like that momentum in whatever way is like, bring it forth now. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, so you brought up Aquarius <laughs> and I think that's going to be a word that's on, it's been on everyone's lips already. Yeah. Is this where Aquarius really like energy, I suppose, kicks in, so to speak? Are we going to feel it even more within this year? Yeah. I mean, we had a little taste of it this year and, you know, this next phase of it will be 
up until the fall. So January 21st, Pluto goes into Aquarius. And, you know, this is significant innovative technologies, collective evolution. It's a revolution in revolting where people are going to come together. And it's really taking inventory of all the ways in which people have felt manipulated, used, lied to over the last few years. And we're talking within our own, you know, personal lives and our own reality, our own show <laughs> because we're just in our own little play. And then we collectively have a reality that's playing out in which we all agree to on some level. And it's for our evolution, you know, as a whole for the next thousands of years, right? So we're unwinding from what we would call the age of Pisces, where there's a lot of hierarchical, um, you know, governmental branches and corruption and things that have been hidden from us. And, um, you know, we're seeing it right now with inflation and food costs going up, housing costs going up. And there's only so long that that can sustain itself. And I always say that the truth always comes up to breathe, right? So humanitarian endeavors and then the societal structures really, really shifting. And because it's an air sign and it speaks towards intelligent communication and wisdom, you know, it's use of the internet and AI and how that is being used or abused. Mm. So it's how we've connected and how we're having this conversation. And it's beautiful in that way, but it's also used to confuse people and manipulate and tell lies. And so, so many people are waking up to that when it comes to movies, programs, TV shows, news. The news now is less watched than ever before, especially from the older generation who used to use it like a Bible, you know. So that's really positive. And we're going to go into the new, you know, 2024 with Jupiter going direct and Mercury going direct. So I've been seeing it like God pulling back the arrow, you know, the bow and you're the arrow. And we have to choose wisely in ways and directions we want that arrow to go. And... Uh, we either go towards innovation and coming together or we don't. And so that happens on a personal individual level with, do we believe that the world is going to shit or do we believe that the dismantling is actually creating new fertile soil? Mm -hmm. That's how I view it right now. That I feel like that story as well. And I, I want to come back to what you were speaking about Jupiter as well, but it's so funny because that that story and that choice of, of perspective, like what is the lens that you see life through is just constantly reflected in my own life. I have my boyfriend, God bless him. He's a double, actually he's he's got so many planets in Aquarius, but he's sun and moon in Aquarius. And it's like, and then there's me who's sun and moon in Libra. And we're like both these like beautiful air signs that meet and it's like this it's so funny the stories and conversations that play out between us because he does tend to err on like the 
it's all fucking shit. Like, God damn, like, and then there's me yeah, like, it's uh-huh. going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> we just have, you know, so it's so funny. And it's, it is, it's this like sort of lens that we choose to, to engage with what is playing out. Um, I would really love, you mentioned, as I said, uh, Jupiter and Mercury. Here we are. I think most people who are listening and tuning into this episode are doing so pretty early on in the year. They're probably listening within within January. So I wonder if we could maybe just touch on before we do go a little little further in, could we maybe just touch on like what is the energy bringing us into the year? What what do we have to work with, I suppose, and who's what planets are playing out where? Um and yeah, and what what does that mean for us? What how can we kind of engage with these energies as we enter into a brand new year? Yeah. So um, when we think about Jupiter, we think about you know our highest expansion and uh, its faith, right? So in our chart, if we can really hone in on our Jupiter position and whatever house it's at, sign it's in, and aspects. It's really going to be of our highest benefit, but it's going to require a leaning into our edge and faith and not being able to see necessarily very far in front of us, you know? And so Jupiter Taurus has really been expanding on our self-worth and our value and how we view abundance. And abundance isn't just money, but it is really jolting and shifting up along with Uranus and Taurus uh currency on the planet and its value you know currency is uh it has less value now than ever before because of how much it's been printed especially the US dollar and uh, it's wild it's wild to think about you know and so it's going to keep changing and they've already started trying to do things getting rid of physical money you know they want to go more on the side of Crypto and electric, which I mean, electronic currency, I'm not for that. I feel like we also need to hand things and have it tangible. People should still be allowed to bury money in the backyard if they want to do. Like, you know, I mean, I'm just going to like talk old school here a little bit. Um, So it's going to be interesting what we see as higher value because I mean, there are someone said the other day, their car parts more valuable than some currencies, you know, and like, which is wild to me, but I think they were talking about like vintage car parts and stuff. And um, I'm no money expert. So next year, Jupiter will go into Gemini. uh, So that's going to be its own expansion. Again, that's part of the air. That's a part of the rapid speed of the year. I think the year is going to seem like it's going to go by really fast because of all the air. And so much is going to happen really quickly. And I'm talking from January to April, because April is probably the most impactful month of the year that we'll definitely touch on in a second. Uh, So I think that because our perception of time and evolution is going to shift in a way that we just preview it, because time doesn't really exist. And so Mercury will be in Sagittarius instead of Capricorn by then and going direct in Sagittarius. So Sagittarius, truth speaker and expander and uh, going into the new year from the very beginning of 2024, it's like, what do we need to say? How 
authoritative and loud and direct, do we need to say it, of what we no longer are going to allow and endure. And I don't mean screaming and yelling from a wounded place. I mean from a, I know myself and you cannot manipulate me. And the only way we can do that is by right now working on our nervous system and anchoring into our own truth, which is what so many people in the last three years have been working on that had their sudden jolts or like awakening Mm -hmm. in 2020. But there are some of us, including myself, who started this journey back in 2011, 2012, and really, you know, we're jolted awake. And I see a lot of those people as uh, the ones now teaching and heart-led and centered and saying, hey, it's not the apocalypse. This was always going to happen and it's necessary. So just hold on and you're going to be okay. Mm. So we have recapping here, we've got Jupiter in Taurus moving direct in January alongside Mercury and Sagittarius um, moving direct. So two, we've got like Mercury, how we express, how we process in a kind of assimilate information and then how we bring that forth and communicate it outward in this fiery like projection of Sagittarius. We've had Jupiter asking us to really reflect on our, our concept of worth and value and 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 resources I want to say as well Mm -hmm. for the past few months Mm -hmm. whilst it's retrograding a question that's really come up constantly for me throughout Mercury uh, retrograding in Taurus is like where are you sabotaging yourself like where are you holding yourself back and where are you making yourself oh so small essentially how can you crack open and be your big self essentially and these energies are like moving forward and bringing us forth into January 2024. What happens in April? <laughs> well, there's a couple of things that happened before that that are pretty uh, powerful and interesting. A couple Mars-Pluto conjunctions, but let's just get to April because it's probably like it it sets the tone and it's what if you listen to astrology or astrologers it's what everybody's talking about yeah um and so you know that is the April 8th solar total solar eclipse that's happening um and so big that's huge. So anytime we have a eclipse at that starting first house Aries, it's a huge new beginning, right? Um, so that eclipse really sets a tone for our assertiveness in life, along with the whole year, the North Node's going to remain in Aries. And that's teaching us self-reliance simultaneously. The juxtaposition is the Chiron Aries. And that's teaching us where we are afraid to do that. And so there's this like kind of push pull. I want to have faith and I want to be this courageous Aryan and utilize this, but I am terrified, but that's, the old self speaking, that's the story speaking. 
That is the character that's trying to unhinge speaking. And so we have this opportunity in this year to really master our thoughts at a deeper level of discernment and who the narrator within is truly. And to be able to distinguish and move in and out of our ego and our highest self, you know, this oversoul that is pulling us in the direction of our highest excitement. So a version of us that's got more of a bird's eye view, so to speak, isn't going to pull you to things you hate. That doesn't make sense. And it's going to pull you to things that you want. But yeah, it's new, so it can be terrifying. But Aries is the sign that says, let's do it and find out. You know, it's the like, literally, if Aries had a bumper sticker, it was like, fuck around and find out. That's what it would be. It doesn't have that pause and that hesitation Mm. because it's just the leader and the courageous, that first house of I am. Mm. So we really have to work with that in a year that has so much influx and shifting happen. The other thing is the Jupiter-Uranus conjunction that will happen in April in Taurus. So the last time that that happened in Taurus was 1941. And uh, when we go back, because astrology is the study of cycles, there are, you know, really powerful things that happen in the way of um, technology, computers, and people who have those conjunctions in their chart typically are on that side of, of the advancements in technology, Um, And so that happens on April 20th. So that can bring sudden change and expansion, sort of civil unrest and liberated breakthroughs. So again, it's how we view chaos, chaos, civil unrest, and the death of an old world, you know? But the power coming back into the people's hands that is the age of Aquarius. And this is the year that I think that that begins and anchors itself. Speaking a little bit more on um, April, uh, there will be a, a Mars-Neptune conjunction. Uh, so again, imagination and creativity and speaking that into existence and speaking ourselves into the world is really essential. And so uh, something that we can be really working on right now is being a really good communicator because an emotionally intelligent communicator, I mean, it will change your whole life and becoming more of the witnesser, you know, because that total solar eclipse really sets a tone for powerful change and transformation. Again, through uh, igniting our assertiveness, ambition, and sort of leadership at the highest of integrity. So I just want to say this too. Those who are in leadership right now, who are not of the highest integrity, full of shit, 
being guided by their ego and creating to gain power are going to like be flushed out. Like I just had a vision of going into like an abandoned building and turning the lights on and a flashlight and then the roaches just scatter Uh, because all that's going to start coming up to the surface. So this is why we cannot put people on pedestals. (laughs) It'll happen. I am really interested to hear about um, the shift that Jupiter into Gemini will bring Um, because so much of what you're speaking as well is around using our voice and, um, yeah, being, being the clear communicators and essentially our own storytellers. And I think that there's so much within Gemini energy in that as well. Um, but also I love how Gemini kind of, it's still opening us up. We have to be able to receive every, like it's kind of taking in all, everything that's around us, taking in all the details and then pr- like producing from that, our own truth and our own story. Um, so I, I always feel like Gemini has this, like, it's just like this, it's bright energy. That's like, it invites us to speak and bring forth, but it keeps us really soft and open because we have to be engaging with our, our world. Um, well, that's how I sort of like one of the ways I love to engage with Gemini, but I'd love to hear what this, this shift of, of Jupiter into that sign is going to bring and, and when we can expect that. So on the highest of integrity aspect of Gemini, it's wanting as many opportunities and experiences in life as possible. It wants to intake information. It wants to digest it. It wants to communicate it. Uh, Gemini, Sagittarius, Polarity, they're amazing teachers, just two different types. One's left brain, one's right, right brain. One's in the moment, one's thinking about how amazing the creation and faith into the unknown is. And so they both play an amazing role together. Uh, Jupiter, again, largest planet, really tapping into, like you said, really beautifully earlier, how we express uh, information and what we want to intake and learn. It's very much similar to Mercury in that way. And So, for example, if you have if you're a teacher and you have a classroom of kids because Jupiter stays in a sign for an entire year, you're going to have pretty much the whole class unless there's an older kid in there or super young. uh, You're going to have the same Jupiter position. So if you have a Jupiter class of Taurus, Jupiter Taurus, that's going to be very different than how the Jupiter Gemini wants to learn and then wants to express that learning and expand into that. So this is why teachers really need to know these kids charts, (laughs) but, you know, but that's a really good one. Uh, If you even are leading a retreat or a class, seeing what everyone's Jupiter is. And, and so Jupiter in Gemini, again, yeah, it's going to be all about the mind and it's going to be all about how we communicate expand in that communication and it can also on the shadow side of the sign it can be scattered it can be confusion it can be an overload of information and again going back to know thyself Mm -hmm. have your tools 
of centeredness and thought work and the stories that play. And again, what voice is the voice speaking? And so because of the Gemini aspect and because it being in Jupiter, there might be an influx on mental illness. And so I have many views on what that means in my perspective that I definitely want to touch on because I'm not one to label. I try to ask people to drop the labels, even neurodivergent, ADHD. And I know some people feel a sense of relief by knowing that. But the reason why there are the labels is because modern medicine had to create it in order to create a solution, which is just a Band-Aid solution. So if we're going to use a label, let's really understand what it truly means to us instead of a handicap. But there's going to be a lot of cognitive dissonance at a higher level with more air being dominant. And so again, how we as a society deal with people that we would say have a mental illness is going to be very interesting too, you know, because you can't tell someone that you call mentally ill, that they're not living in a reality that exists because it very much so exists to them. And some people might actually start seeing through the veil of illusion and the the merging of dimensions and seeing things that might feel otherworldly in Star Trek and, you know, and who's to say what we truly are seeing. Mm -hmm. Just want to add that in there too. <laughs> Thank you. Something else that it was kind of sort of stirring in my mind as well around Jupiter and, and Gemini energies. You spoke about our nervous system earlier as well. And I know like Gemini, you know, as a sign rules our nervous system. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, that that's another piece to be really aware of when we do shift into this energy, Gemini, Jupiter, sorry, is the amplifier, right? You know, as you were saying, mm -hmm. it, it could be that, you know, this highest of integrity um, energy of Gemini is really amplified and plays out for us. And, or it could be um, a lot of sort of scattered energy and restless energy and difficulty knowing where to focus um, or with uh, this overload of, of information and things coming in. Um, and I think that that piece of understanding and really knowing how to work with your nervous system is going to probably be paramount during that time. You said like, we've been doing our work around this already. Um, so this is where it like, you know, the rubber hits the road, so to speak. I always think of, of Jupiter like energy is a little bit like full moon energy where wherever it sits, it's amplifying whatever that is. And if we are attaching or embodying a less higher resonance of an energy that's going to be highlighted and shown. So it's not necessarily a bad thing per se. It's just the opportunity to go, holy shit, this is way too much right now. And then practicing discernment. There's that word that you brought up earlier. Um, yeah. On how, how we approach what we're dealing with essentially, what's going on around us. And actually when I say that word, I 
I'd be really interested to know, Britt, like what is Saturn up to during, I mean, all of this? We haven't really spoken about Saturn. He's one of my favourite planets to talk about, but where where's Saturn sort of hanging out and, and what can we expect in that regard? Well, you know, a lot of the time that when we go into this new year, let's talk about Saturn and Neptune. So Saturn plays a key role in setting the tone in February with a square. And so Saturn squares Uranus. And so it's exact on February 17th. And then again, June 14th. So it's tension between traditional structures and new revolutionary ideas. And so when you think about Saturn and Pisces and Neptune and Pisces, it is a call to create more structure around spiritual connection. And so it is our time of stillness every single day. Now, everybody can have a different way of doing it. And I am not a sit down and meditate for an hour without moving in my eyes shut person. And uh, I can do that, but it's like in the bathtub with the like candles on and lights off. But I've done it in, you know, my own ways of I'll go vacuum my whole house. And that clears a lot. Uh, and also having a space holder that you're doing, you know, thought work, story work, and you're speaking out loud what's coming up for you. And that person uh, is your mirror back and helps you go a little deeper. And that's with and without plant medicine. You don't have to have plant medicine for that. Uh, but Neptune being at its anoretic degree in Neptune, and anoretic is that 29th degree. So just always remember it's a critical degree for a reason because it's the heightened point of that planet and sign, and it can also bring out its shadow qualities. So Neptune Pisces can also be distortions and illusions. Or you're diving deeper into channeling practice, the multidimensionality space that we have access points to, and truly understanding how time works and how consciousness really can be felt. And so those two play such a highlighted key role in Pisces, because also remember Pisces is the 12th house. It's the ending. And so we have still quite a while for Saturn being in Pisces. Neptune's you know, placement in Pisces. And uh, that Neptune Pisces really has set a tone for, you know, us coming together and also the restriction that we had in 2020 and having to isolate. Um, but when we do that, you're going to have a spiritual experience in some way. The solitude, the isolation, you can feel like you're going mad. It's not a healthy thing when we are in a space of feeling alone and lonely and we are communal beings. So when that was forced, that was detrimental to people and their mental health. 
And some people checked out, some people from their body and mentally from others. And I've heard a lot of people say after the last couple of years that they in a way had more social anxiety and going out than they ever imagined and they were extroverts and then they don't even know how to deal with people. Mm. Um, but it's the energy of the collective, you know, that we feel is shifting. And so, yeah, I mean, when we're completely shifting worlds, it's going to feel disorienting. Mm. So Saturn is the teacher and Pisces is about solitude, facing our fears, the collective consciousness, diving deeper into the realization that, oh yeah, we are never not connected to each other. So when certain things are happening around the world, we're feeling it on a level. So how do we discern what is happening in the collective that I'm feeling and what is my own that I'm here to work through? That is going to be so important with the Pisces. I feel like this is where um, the conversation, any conversation around, you know, astrology or anything really that calls us into kind of looking at us here in this real world, us as souls, life in general, it's where it's like we can take in like the details. It's like, okay, what date is this going to be? And what does Pisces represent and things like that? We can take in that kind of so-called surface level, elementary sort of level of conversation. But then when you start to bring bring these sort of other layers forth as well, this is where we like have to sort of start to practice, um, I don't know the right word, like nuance isn't quite the right word, but it's, it's understanding that like multiple truths and multiple threads can be woven at the same time. And so, you know, on the one hand, we're, we're, we're talking about like Aries being really activated in this, this coming year and the, you know, the solar mm-hmm. eclipse and the, the, the North node in Aries really asking us to stand like forthright and um, it's very forward moving energy. Right. And then we also have the likes of, Pisces like Saturn and Pisces such a fascinating like um you know dynamic there but like ultimately you've got like Aries who's the initiator the beginning of a cycle and then you've got Pisces who's the end the culmination like the I always the word for me with Pisces is the dissolution dissolving sorry of yeah matter essentially so Mm -hmm. it's like at at once all at once can you be identifying what is your soul spark what is your rising fiery mission so to speak kind of channeling like Aries warrior energy there um and where are you attached where are you like where have you got hooks in essentially to material things that you're using to create a sense of identity like when you start to allow those things to dissolve and that may be you know really, really like seemingly essential aspects of yourself and your life. It might be your career. It might be your relationship to your beloved. It might be the home that you live in, like all these different sort of things that we we tangibly think we can rely on in our, our lives that make up who we are. If they were to dissolve and disappear, who are you? What mm-hmm. is left? 
And that's where Pisces invites us to remember that like we're just souls having this like physical experience in this in this moment. And when that all goes, we are the one, we are the all. And so this nuance of conversation, right, is like these truths are happening all at once for us here, like in this crazy human experience. And 2024 is really bringing it forth where it's like, can you remember that? Where are you holding attachment to? Can you release that, that kind of concept of attachment and remember your place in it all? And can you remember your mission? Can you remember your purpose and follow it? as an act of service almost for yourself and for the all. That was really beautifully said. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, Yeah. Um, When we think about the year and we think about Aquarius, Pisces, Aries, and we want to throw Libra in there. And so that's the first eclipse in March the lunar eclipse. And so, you know, we think about the liminal space that Libra offers and provides is the polarity of Aries, which Aries is, we're just doing it. We're not going to think too much and we're just jumping. And Libra is like, wait a second, let me balance all sides. And that has to be done within ourselves, our own inner peace and harmony. And that's really what we're talking about here in the nervous system and checking into the people, especially partnerships in life. And like you said, if they go, who are you? And just in general, who we thought we have been, our title and the character that we've been playing. We're going to start seeing, I think, a level of codependence start to dissolve and dismantle. And when it comes to art and music that have projected that and portrayed that for so long, again, this is also Neptune Pisces. It's art, it's music. And and that's getting so obvious and clear to people. And we hear it in words and in speeches and in movies and all of that. And it's really not appealing anymore because we're like, wait, like you're going to die without that person or that thing or that car or that house or like, that's kind of sad, you know? It's so funny you're saying that because it's like, I would never have thought about that. And yet as we we actually like canceled Netflix and everything like for a few months, we just went like sick of everything. It was all boring. So we just like canceled it all. But we just recently got Netflix back because I wanted um, my sappy Christmas movies leading up to Christmas. Um, but so we started watching shows again and I keep finding myself, if I'm not saying it out loud, I'm just like watching these shows where I'm like, ill, <laughs> And I'm like, we watch this like has this always been how shows write essentially like is, is this normal um because it seems so bad now like the just general dynamics of relationships and shows um but yeah it's just really funny that you you brought that up because I noticed myself like pointing it out heaps recently so maybe it's part yeah. of that so that's consciousness 
that's our level of awareness, you know? And then once you know, you can't unknow. Yeah. And we can pretend like we don't want to see. And we can go try to step back into those programs and those relationships and those spaces, but it's going to push us out and it's going to be so uncomfortable. And uh, that's really how we're setting the tone for sure in the new year. And um, simultaneously, we, we need each other. And the hyper uh, driven and force and I can do it all myself and I don't need you. And that is just so crystal clear in a pain response now. And so I feel like how we operate, how we market ourselves, how we create the types of businesses that we run, all of that is going to be so different because it's like it's intuitively led and it's there's more rest in it and it was, it's going to feel really weird for people and like passive and you know because the grind and the hustle especially over here in the western world i mean it's just wild when you step out of here you know i don't know about australia but over here compared to europe you know it's like the holidays they take and the time off and the breaks and they take 4 hours to eat a meal and i mean it is we are just going to dismantle that big time. So when I say we can do less and achieve more and through alignment instead of force, that is what's really going to show up. And I, I mean, that's been showing up for me in this last year in a big way. Like, what would it look like if I worked one month and took the next month off? And also, could I do that? Could I accept that that's okay and not be thrust into scarcity. And so it's the same with relationship and who we meet, you know, so if you're single and you're dating and you're aware of tendencies and patterns and you meet someone right off the bat, you are noticing yourself create stories, fantasizing about that person. You've already gone to your fifth date in your mind or what they look like naked or how you're going to get married and all these things. And you don't know that person. Hmm. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they want. You're already creating this fantasy. And so we're going to recognize that fantasies from our woundedness and what we think we need in order to feel whole. And if we don't have it, then what is there? There's a death, but the death is to the old self. So it's, yeah, it's very much what you just said in that way of, um, then I will be nobody. Who will I be? And at that point, it's like, yeah, we have to get to a place of becoming nobody. Very Ram Dass you know, and uh, it's a really good documentary, by the way, Becoming Nobody. And it is what a lot of people have been experiencing the last couple of years. And so you can notice whether in yourself and those around you, if they've been fighting that change. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I always feel, and like Lord knows, I like this has been my own journey basically from like a year before my Saturn return to I want to say like, yeah, even kind of last year, like this this twenty twenty three like year has has felt like the the landing of this, but it's this relationship we do have to something dissolving, like to something kind of the the more you hold or cling to it the more it's just like vapor or mist in your in your hands it just disappears and that's what it can feel like even when it's something so tangible like if you're experiencing you know a, a breakup like the the dissolving of of a relationship or the the ending of a, a career that you spent 10 years you know <laughs> building and all of a sudden it's just gone and that could be you know from you know powers beyond your control or it could just be that your your love your passion and fire for it is just gone whatever it may be it's like that feeling it's like I'm trying to hold on stay stay I'm not I'm what am I without you even if we're not thinking yeah. those words and it's the moment when we go and we allow it to just go that we're left with with space and I think it's that space that makes us the most uncomfortable. Like when we sit there and we're like, eh, how do I hold this? How do I be in this? How do I get out of this? And I feel like it's that space that we actually have the opportunity to really receive Pisces, right? Pisces yeah. wisdom of like melt into it, be within it, be it, and you'll find yourself. Well, you'll find yourself, right? That's why I like my way of doing that or being there is being in my garden like in whatever way it's just like I'll just return out there again I'll just I'll drop back in outside again and I don't have to think about me or tomorrow while I'm just like weeding the garden or I'm just like focusing my attention on like the I don't know growing growing my veggies or whatever it may be and there's like it it almost is a practice of solitude like you were speaking but there's like a connectedness in it as well mm-hmm. um and time time passes right something moves yeah. this moment who shall pass and that's when like as we allow that space to just be without manipulating or pushing or forcing it things things move and momentum builds or shifts and carries us into what's next to come so we've gone a little bit off track, but I feel like this is all very relevant for where we're, where we're moving within the year. Um, yeah. I wonder, I wonder, Britt, like just kind of like really feeling in here, we've touched on a few different things. I wonder if you could like just hone in for us, for those listening who are like looking for a bit of a bird's eye view, I suppose. Could you just share with us again, like, in maybe that there's some things that we haven't touched on even, but like, what are, would you say some of like the, the transits and aspects that are kind of maybe going to feel the most sticky, um, or going to bring up, have the potential to bring up some, some things for us to move through, let's say, um, some of the more challenging kind of aspects. And what mm-hmm. are the, the aspects that you're, you're kind of foreseeing really having the potential, maybe they're the same thing, but they're all one and the same, um, but the potential to really crack us open and bring us into further kind of growth 
I don't want to say expansion because that may not necessarily be what we need, but I think you got the, the vibe that I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, everything expands us, even if it's desired or not. And so that's that's going to be present no matter what. But there's going to be upheaval and there's going to be chaos in 2024. That's 100% guaranteed. But it's perspective. And that's going to be the highest caliber of knowing. So if we speak and think about Pisces in that way, it knows that. It knows that the evolution is every other sign before it, before it comes to this culmination of higher intelligence. Coming from that place, you do not question yourself. It is a stream. And you can listen to someone speak in that way. And you know they're 100% channeling a quote-unquote future version or higher self coming in there. And when I do it, if I'm working with someone, I don't even remember what I said. I'll have to go back to my recordings. And so... We have to get really good at knowing that. Again, going back to knowing ourselves. So look in your chart at where Aries and Libra are. Those are going to be hugely impacted in 2024. And so this is the axis of relationships and justice and harmony and balance, which is Libra. And it fights for rights of all. And then Aries, which is going to take the lead and initiate. And it's about courage. So we want to look at those placements. And so knowing that we're going into a huge changing, massive year that we want to look back. Who do you want to be with your hands up in the air like you're going over that first hill on the roller coaster? You know, are you going to be the one that's like going up and it's clinking and that's kind of what we've been doing for years now. And then you get up there and you're like gripping and you're like in like this and like closing your eyes and like squeezing. Or are you going to acknowledge that you're secure and you're strapped in and you're not going to fly out. Right. Because there's no such thing as death. Right. So like we're really not going to, you know. Our soul doesn't die. So, and so are you going to put your hands in the air and keep your eyes open? Because, you know, those spurts, they last for a short time and we, we ride the waves. So in order to be able to ride the waves, we have to have the tools and we have to know how to move that energy through us. And uh, not get fixated or scattered because that can be the Gemini, that can be the Aquarius. So it's hone in, anchor in, and tap in into that space. And so the squares that we do have, you know, conjunctions are new beginnings. And uh, those are really powerful and the conjunction, just for those, I think most people listening to this probably do know, but just to clarify, could as you're sharing these aspects, could you share what a conjunction is as well? 
Yeah, it's two planets that are, depends on who you are. It could be a 10 degree orb. It could be a between a three degree, meaning separation in degrees. And uh, I look at the 10, like I go all the way to the 10 degree. So the closer they are in degree together, the more impactful. So it's just those two planetary bodies are assisting within that sign and the same sign to really uh, prove a point <laughs> to anchor us into whatever it's we're supposed to grow into and learn. Um, yeah, really beautifully in that way. And so as we move on into the fall, Pluto will go back into Capricorn on September 3rd. And Pluto Capricorn is the U.S.'s position. This is really important because the U.S. had been going through its Pluto return at the exact degree. And we've moved from that. But there's going to be a continuation of the U.S. really having its day uh, because there's only so much. And this is where I live. And I'm just like really interested to why I incarnated here because I'm like, wow. Okay. I mean, everywhere has their stuff though, but um, the things that have been swept under and the, the hands, I'm not going to be predictive and say things, but um, where assets are funneling, go back to Uranus and Taurus, where things are being moved and allocated. And we're talking debt and we're talking funding certain horrific acts let's just say that that's going to come to light no doubt it's you know it's inevitable so i don't know like the exact dates but we're going to have a revisit of pluto um capricorn september until december and then once december comes it will be uh pluto aquarius for 20 years so again, the beginning of the world as we know it as a collective dismantling. So that's only going to be uncomfortable to the degree in which you don't want to put your hands up in the air and free fall. <laughs> yeah. 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 Especially coming from Cap energy, which is like, it's so like solid and it doesn't really like is in coming from there into moving open expansive Aquarius energy it, it's quite a like an uncomfortable shift so to speak where it's like this energy likes to be still and grounded and sturdy like the mountain right um <laughs> quite different but it's as you said it's all perspective for sure yeah is there any other, as we kind of like do shift to kind of start to to the end, I suppose, of this conversation, is there anything else that feels really, really present within the coming year that you would like people to know or to, to just hold in their awareness? You know, Aquarius and Uranus, uh, the sign of the planet, they rule youth. There are people more afraid of looking older than they are of dying. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be the split, I think, right? So people trying to preserve how they look because they're afraid of the aging process. 
and also uh, merging even more with AI and technology and having things implanted in them. And then there are those that will be on the side of, nah, you just eat better and drink actual alive water. Water is going to be highlighted really big because Neptune Pisces and Saturn Pisces, by the way, clean water, the health of water, uh, the fact that it is either stagnant or alive. And that has to do with, you know, EMF and Wi-Fi and technology as well. Um, so there are those who are just really talking to their cells and talking to their body and uh, going to appear to look aging backwards. But when people have a strong Uranus placement often and certain Aquarius placements, they look very young. And um, a lot of younger people in their early 20s that I've seen that have a ton of Aquarius because they're all coming in super advanced in um, in the Aquarian age and they look super young. They look really young. Um, and so that's going to be very interesting. So it's really how you take care of yourself in the years to come. And uh, isn't it wild that we even have an option to buy food that's non-GMO or GMO as if like, here's the, the sprayed poison food and then here's this, which one do you want? Like, it's so fucking bizarre. It's dystopian. And so that's really going to shift, but it's not going to be without a fight. And that will present itself too. So that's the mind-body connection and our health. If we do not have our health, we're in trouble. Because if we're in chronic pain, it is very hard to tap into intuitive channeling abilities. You're not, you're not there. You know, any chronic pain I've ever had in things, it's extremely hard for an individual to do that. And so I just, yeah, I didn't even know I was going to say all that, but it's just like coming in very clear. I really appreciate yeah. And I, I don't just, not just appreciate it, but it's, it's very alive. Um, for me and just in conversations that I've sort of been having or, or witnessing in others as well mm -hmm. I have for me my my practice that I kind of um walk myself through and and those who I work with is like understanding and tending to your pillars um which is like understanding like the like the, what are the pillars that hold up your life temple or body being one of them um and understanding what go what goes into each pillar to make it strong and sturdy essentially and for me like my my four pillars are temple or body health and well-being relationships uh work slash career and soul which is like what feeds my soul but my body temple is kind of the underlying it's the foundation or the bedrock so to speak because if if your health and well-being isn't strong if there's cracks everything will topple eventually on top of it and when we talk about going after the vision like you know following like really channeling that Aries fire and like you know going for it we have to have strong pillars we have to have our health and our well-being otherwise we don't as you said we don't have the 
the sort of longevity, I suppose, to create it and then to be able to hold it and sustain it. Um, and I think that's a piece that gets so overlooked when we have kind of this urgency, like kind of culture, especially like on Instagram, it's just like new year, create your, you know, dream life, go for the goals, uh, all mm-hmm. these different sort of conversations. We want to feel good. We want to create our dream life, but we forget about like the fundamentals of being and like just being in a human body. And this is a conversation that's so much bigger. I see it so much in mothers as well, where it's just like we 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 forget and or we don't know how to look after ourselves, how to actually care for our our bodies, like our vessels. Um, mm-hmm. And so I really appreciate that going into a new year and take and taking up with us the whole way through this conversation we've had around nervous system, around you know all these different aspects. Um, is like, remember how to, to care for yourself. Remember to keep coming back to the very, very, very basics of am I drinking enough clean living water? Am I eating the food that's going to actually help me thrive? Am I sleeping? Like, am I taking care of these absolute basics? Because when I have the bedrock nice and solid, I can build upon that something really, really special and strong. So yeah, thank you yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, and and I'll add to that anything that's numbing us out. Mm-hmm. Because if we've been numbing ourselves in any form in a relationship with substance, uh it's not going to really assist anymore. It's going to start to, you know, it's not going to work. We're going to hit a bottom eventually. And in that bottom, sometimes that's the greatest gift that you'll ever have because that's where you build from there. So, yeah. A year of upheaval and a bit of chaos and certainly change. It's so very like, as you said, Aquarian and airy. It sounds amazing though. To close our conversation, Brett, I always love to ask a few quick rapid fire questions. So are you ready? Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm I'm really interested. I'm going to throw an extra one in right at the top. I would love to know what are your top three in astrology? I am a sun Sagittarius and my rising is Libra and my moon is Scorpio. Amazing. We'll just <laughs> let that sit there. We'll just drop that, let everyone receive. All right. The next question is what nourishes you right now? So is there a practice or something in particular that really brings you home to your body and to the earth? Uh, For me, it is always the bath. It's always the water. And especially in the winter, and I will be in it for an hour, two hours at a time. And sometimes I will go to it in the middle of the day when I need to just go sink in into the bath. But really it's just sitting still every now and then and just stopping everything. And then having those connections with friends that I actually say, I'm flailing, I'm struggling. I need to work this story out. And they are brutally honest. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. 
Next question. If you could recommend one book that every person should read on the journey of weaving the wild back into their lives, what would it be? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, I've never been a huge book person and I, I, I don't read the books. I listen because I take in better when I listen to them. Uh, for me, uh, women who run with wolves and really tapping into the archetypes. I want to add that in there to this year of the channeling of our own inner archetypes and what that means and how you can be both um, the wolf that shows its teeth and uh, also something cute and cuddly and loving, you know, and like the cat purring. Uh, and so, yeah, those stories weaved in that carry on through time, through, yeah, Clarissa Pinkola Estes book. I think it, cause it's so dense. Yeah. Uh, that one I do own in physical to read through it. So, um, but also, uh, existential kink, um, that book is really, really important because it teaches us, though, that the very thing that when we talk about manifesting and what we want and highest, sometimes what we think is our highest is the wound that we're comfortable with. And we eroticize that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we have to know those deeper layers of the psyche. So Carolyn Elliott's book is top notch. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I'm going to link both of those below. And the final question, how are you currently weaving your wild Brits? Is there anything that you're currently doing or exploring or kind of feeling called to, to follow in your own journey at the moment? Yeah, I have started and I've really been saying the word unhinged and starting this program called unhinged and moving forward with that. And for me, it's really owning how strong my Uranus placement is with Sagittarius and also my Scorpio and not feeling I need to add a disclaimer onto the fact that there is a paradox that we're in and there's nuance to everything. And I, I want to be in spaces and show up where I just, that's a given. And if you don't know that's a given, then we might not be a match in realities because I'm going to show up and speak in that way more so now I think than ever before and just owning I'm blunt I'm honest I can also hold space and kindness and love and accepting all of all paths but I'm going to cut straight through the bullshit and so I hear when if someone shares a story that might be like four pages long, I'm going to help you narrow it down to four sentences and then two sentences and then boom, there it is. And so I think before I was a little bit afraid of that part of myself because of how much it was uh, not accepted in some spaces and it felt like too much for people. 
And so fully owning that has been what I'm really going into the new year. And, you know, where we, we see the upheaval and the change, there's also opportunity for success and growth and abundance beyond our wildest dreams. And I want to add that in because if we ride the wave, then we will be provided for. If you're tuned into your highest trajectory, you will be provided for. It's a year eight and it's the year of the wood dragon. And so that is all about abundance and creativity and harnessing our own inner knowing and power. So there is amazing opportunity for us all. So we have to get real with ourselves of where we've been holding back. I feel like everything that you just shared then and throughout this whole conversation, it, it just keeps coming back to the words, know thyself. Yeah. And again, like that has been the process that we've been moving through these last few years. And it's not ever going to be something that's finished and ended and accomplished. Like I've achieved it. I know myself now. Um, but I feel like also everything that's coming through now, this coming year is the opportunity to meet what you've, what you have kind of met. <laughs> that's a really weird way of saying it, but like these, are, these last few years been meeting ourselves in different ways and, and, now we can actually put that into practice, which starts, which asks us to meet it in a different way. Um, when, you know, a way where it's just like, oh, how does this feel? And who am I when I actually bring this to the world? When I start to like actually share this and let the world start to engage with who I've just discovered I am essentially. Um, and so I'm just sending like, I just feel so much like I'm, I just want to send so much love to every single person listening to this on their their way through this year. Like you've got it. You really, really do. If you're a soul who is listening to this conversation right now, you are so, so needed in this world. And yeah, I'm just, we've mm -hmm. all got each other. Like I just am really, really excited to see good Lord, what conversation we may be having by, by this time next year, Britt. Yeah. Thank you so much for this conversation. Is there anything else that's on your heart right now? And can you please share with us where we can find you and, and engage with more of your wisdom? My Instagram is Venus underscore rising underscore. And my website is britt-johnson.com. And yeah, I'll just carry on from what you just said of, we've got this, we're all in this together. And uh, if we can get through the last few years, then if we just see this as the like truly coming out and being our authentic self, like now is the time, now is your this is, this is your time. This is the moment to just completely unhinge yourself. Full body goosebumps again, started full circle. It's like a start and ending goosebumps. <laughs> Thanks so much, Britt. This has been amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you for listening to the Weaving the Wild podcast. I'm walking my path here on Jaja Wurrung country and I acknowledge the Jaja Wurrung elders past and present.